8th to the 10th and will bring the community together to promote cultural awareness, community engagement, and local economic growth. June 8th will feature Carnaval do Brasil, a Brazilian-themed carnival party featuring the Escola de Samba de Toronto, and June 9th features Bollywood and belly dance from Isra and Invoctress Dance, as they take you on a magical journey from Bombay to Cairo with two engaging and interactive shows. There will also be live performances by Sunda La Guaira, Jam School, and Steerage Band, to name just a few. Admission is free, and it will be a weekend full of great food, live music, cultural performances, parades, games, kids' activities, and more. Rain or shine. Don't miss the Guelph and District Multicultural Festival June 8th to the 10th at Riverside Park, 709 Woolwich Street, a physically accessible location. For more info, visit gdmf.ca. This week, the Bookshelf Cinema is screening The Seagull, Beirut, Leaning Into the Wind, Andy Goldsworthy, On Chesil Beach, and Disobedience. And at the Ebar on the 6th is Salsa Night, on the 7th is RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars, and on the 10th is a Truth and Reconciliation Commission Community Gathering. And at the Bookstore on the 9th is a book launch for J.M. Tibbetts' The Arrival. The Bookshelf is an independently owned bookstore, bar, music venue, movie theater, and restaurant located at 41 Quebec Street. For more info about the Bookshelf's hours, listings, blogs, directions, accessibility, and to order books from their online store from anywhere in the world, please visit bookshelf.ca. As you're listening to the following music selections, adjust the volume, bass, and treble controls to suit your tastes. Today's episode of Android's Dungeon. We've been invaded. Are we being invaded? No, we've been invaded, Dryad. Get out of here. Because we've got a very special guest in the studio for today. We're going to talk about some D&D, some Twilight Imperium, maybe a bit of E3 leaks. Hottest. Stay tuned. Welcome to CFRU 93.3 FM, University of Guelph, Guelph, Ontario, Canada. Blah, blah, blah. I am Jack. I'm Joel. I'm Mark. Hey, who's that? Hey, I'm Mark. <laughs> That's all. That's it. That's it. I'm a nice guy. Some people like me. Some people don't. <laughs> Joel, how do you, where do you fall on the liking Mark spectrum? <laughs> yeah. He's all right sometimes. Yeah. I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm I'm liking Mark. He's friend of the show right now. Oh, good. I'm glad I'm a friend of the show, but not Jack. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Depends how things go in D and D as we keep going. Yeah. Ooh, a little little uh, sneak preview there. Sneak the, preview in the show. Uh, Android's Dungeon show is a show about music, movies, games, whatever. Typically games, mostly. But uh, Joel, hmm? that's me. Are you gonna ask Mark what he's been playing recently? Yeah, 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 Mark, Mark. Hi. What have you been playing lately? Uh, well, I've uh, been playing a lot of Stellaris by Paradox Interactive. They All just... right, enough. Tell us <laughs> what Stellaris is for those of us who don't have the patience to 
Well, it's, it is a game that requires some patience. Uh, um, it's a it's a grand strategy game. You start out uh, your your race, whether you can play as the humans or you can make your own. There's some pre-made little empires you can make, or you can make your own. Uh, just pick a portrait and sort of the the aspects of your race that uh, that you want to use. And you've just discovered faster than light travel, and the the you, the galaxy is yours to discover. So the, it's uh, very much a traditional 4x, kind of like Civilization, but it's all in real time. Uh, anyone who's ever played anything else, Paradox has made like Europa Universalis or Crusader Kings. It's a lot like that, but space. Uh, they just released a new DLC because it's Paradox Interactive, and that's how they make all their money. Um, and that's pretty cool. They've made exploration not just sort of a chore anymore. There's some cool things you can find out. I made some new interplanetary friends last night, so pretty stoked on that. Did you kill them yet? No, I. Um, they uh, now live in perfect chemical bliss hey. on, my, on my home world. So are you are you a drug dealer in this? You essentially you get to like set the like living standards for different uh, species, and one of them to keep them placated, you can give them body pillows. Um, that have uh, wait. Does it really say body pillow? The image on the te- technology to get it is a body pillow with an anime waifu on it. Uh, so <laughs> really, <laughs> that's, that's not a mod. That's no, just, it's in the game. Interesting. Uh, so they, it's good that they have a sense of humor about yeah, their player yeah. base. It's a good selling point. Mm-hmm. So, Stellar, so where do I download this game? <laughs> yes, where can we get? I think Solaris I bought so? it for you last year. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or were you just shilling it? I for didn't her? see any waifus though. <laughs> you didn't get far enough. Maybe yeah. it's in the DLC. Download it. So, again. Stellaris is in Paradox too. You kind of touched on it. Is known for these. Um, let's just say more complicated experiences compared to it makes civilization look like uh, probably risk. Yeah, civilization by like an hour in, you kind of know what you're doing. You know what all the icons mean and all of that. I I've been playing Stellaris since release about like a year ago, and there's still things I have no Wait, idea. Stellaris is only a year old. It's probably a little bit more than that. I don't know the exact release date. I'm sure we could look it up. But for some reason, I thought it was like six years old, or it's been around for a long time. No, but Paradox is good about supporting their IPs. Like Crusader Kings 2, I think, is at least six years old now, and they mm-hmm. are releasing yet another DLC for it. Well, is Crusader Kings one of those things if you go to Steam and you look at it, and you see the base game, and you go, oh, okay, that's fine. And then you scroll through, and it's like, buy this and all the DLC, and the price tag comes like $400 yeah, or something crazy. exactly. Uh, it's not the most expensive game on Steam, but it's one of the contenders. And what, what, what is, I think it was a train game. Yeah, with it's all a the train different, simulator, uh, <laughs> and if you buy every single train DLC, <laughs> it's something like $4,000. <laughs> we're not yet Star Citizen, but yeah. we're almost there. Best game I ever bought. So would you endorse? Did you actually? You did not go into Star Citizen. <laughs> we would have talked about that a lot more. Yeah, we would have disowned. No, you. I mean the, uh, the train game. Yeah, <laughs> the unknown. I do have unnamed a f- train game. <laughs> I do have a friend that swears by Euro Truck Simulator. He finds it a, a supremely relaxing experience as driving a semi through Europe. Oh, and that, that sounds really relaxing, but I, I like a little bit of excitement in my video games. I need machine guns of rockets yeah, on my I truck Yeah, I mean, if you could like, make a, like, a Mad Max kind of mod for that, I think. Now we're be, talking. Yeah, it would be like talking. Desert Truck. So, one last word on Solaris. Would you actually, for the average person, would you endorse it, or does if it take you, a special mind? It does take a special mind. You need patience, because there, there, yeah. <laughs> um, there are parts of the game where nothing happens, and you just have to. It's all real-time, isn't it? Like, yeah. you can pause it, but... You can pause it, you can change the speed, but... But with, it's not turn-based. Yeah, with with um, games like Civilization, you can just, all right, nothing happens this turn, you hit a button, and now yeah. stuff's happening. With Stellaris, if you're, you end up starting too far <laughs> away from anybody else to really do anything, it's just you surveying planets for... 10, 10, 20 years before anything actually happens. Go on. <laughs> it's pretty boring. Well, Stellaris, to each their own. Joel, what have you been playing recently? I made a list because it's been a lot. Uh, so I'll just run down them and then I'll talk about one of them. Uh, TI4, the game, 
Rhino Hero, Chess, Starcraft, Warcraft 3, and then um, I realized something, Jack. Was, we, we, oh, no. We, we're, we're biased on this show because we only review... Are you sure? We only review games. Good games. <laughs> games that we think are good. Good anyway. quotation marks. Yeah. Um, so I went and I, um, I, I suffered. I, I, I played What Do You Meme? Oh, God. Yesterday, so you oh interesting. So I've seen so I, this for sale a bunch. Of times. I dug down into the depths. You know, this is what happens when you let somebody <clears throat> else pick the next game. Now, for for the record, this is a game that I believe it's a card game, but on the cover it has all these um, the Reddit uh, sort of the faces that yeah. you would see of like the uh, the the one his mouth looks like a horn, and then there's like the, the Megusta face. face, the rage faces. That's the, it, exactly. No, there's none of those. Are you sh- what's the other one then? There's because I swear there's something that looks exactly like that. It's it's similar, but it's it's all photos. It's all like meme photos, like you, like Roll Twenty would be on there or whatever. Roll Twenty. Yeah, you know them. Oh, Roll Safe. Roll Safe. <laughs> Roll Twenty is a D and D. You know, Obama's not bad, and uh, okay, but know. the the Reddit reaction or yeah. memes. Like, reaction memes. All right, so all right, sorry to jump on you there. What do you? So what's the game? Uh, so the game is just a classic apples to apples or is. cards yeah. against humanity esque game where there are a whole bunch of cards you get a handful of with random, uh, inappropriate or funny. Yeah. If you want to define them as that, um, <laughs> words or phrases or sentences. Mm-hmm. And then what you do is you take, uh, instead of like a phrase like you would in apples to apples, you put down a meme. You put down a picture of a meme because without the text, it's, not, it's a not a meme. It's just a saying. <laughs> and then you try to fill in the words by playing down a card. And so does it do voting in that is it meant to be semi-anonymous or does everyone know what Joel has, what meme Joel has constructed? Well, just like Cards Against or any of these other ones, everybody submits theirs privately and everybody takes it in turn to be the judge. And they look at all of them and they read them out loud and everybody laughs. And then <laughs> pause for laughter. And then they pick one, and then you get a point if you're keeping trust score. If you're keeping, yeah. Have you? I mean, everybody knows how to play apples to apples, right? Cards yeah. against humanity. So it's that, but it was the the. I guess it lives and dies by two things: one, how receptive everybody is to yeah uh, the jokes, and I guess their knowledge of them, and two. And this is where it really dies. <laughs> is the um, is the is the game is the text itself on the cards and how wh- is it clever or is it just pandering to poop, so, poop jokes? So I have a, a, a you, you're creating this nightmare vision in my head of just the two of you playing this yeah. game together. And is this what it was? You're just two player. Yeah, yeah. So we just threw down a word like a, a one of the word cards, and then we would we each had all half of the memes, and we just picked the picture that we liked the most. Just to flip through them. It wasn't oh, fun. It wasn't. No, it doesn't painful. sound fun. There were a couple of laughs, but for the most part, it was I like, feel like part of the appeal of memes okay, is like the when they're fresh, one. right? You're like, oh, I haven't seen that before. They were like, that's a new twist. Yeah. yeah. Dang. Yeah. It's not like. What's a meme? Yeah. What's Should a meme? we explain this? Or somebody pulling out a meme from like 2004 and be like, well, you guys vintage. remember this? Yeah, I, I guess vintage that would meme. be a vintage, but. 2004 memes. They've got Hide the Pain Herald, you know. They, Hide the they Pain go back. They go back fairly far. Oh, so the. Uh, wow. You know, little Girl Burning Down a House, which is like. Oh, so those are like like OG back. memes. Yeah. 
back when memes were first a thing. But they huh. didn't have any Pepe's or anything because you know. So none, of, but none of the impact. Like, is it impact text stuff? Yeah. Is it? Um, yeah, but it's just the photo. Interesting. So it reminds me of another game that I think has done okay for itself, but it, it's still, like you're saying, it lives and dies on two very specific things. But the toothpaste for dinner uh, board game, quote unquote, but it's a card game where you just have separate panels of the comic and you're building the comic based on these sort of wacky scenarios. But you, it's just like Cards Against Humanity in the sense of you can almost just randomly assign them to everyone and you don't even look at what you're doing. You just play it. And the odds are just as good of somebody picking whatever you've done or it being just as funny, proving that <laughs> it's there's no gameplay per se. It's just what's your tolerance for random, wacky... Yeah. I guess the moral goof. is there are a lot of party games out there. And most yeah. of them, you know, if you look at them at, as a game value, they're terrible. But yeah. uh, if you're drinking enough, who cares, right? And are you having fun? Yeah. Is, is everyone else having fun? Or is this a grind that you're just like, you're starting to sweat bullets? Because it's, <laughs> I think my favorite casual party game is Anomia still. Anomia, or as I call it, Shapes and Yelling, is one of my favorite <laughs> <Yeah>. games. Because <laughs> I like yelling a lot. Fantastic. <laughs> it makes my brain melt. I cannot play Anomia. And Victoria is so good at it oh, that no. it's just frustrating. And there's, yeah, there's always the, the I, I guess, the Jack in the group that <laughs> they'll put down a card and they'll just go, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> the ah, thing, the thing. Ah. <laughs> so true it's up so there with true. like you know jungle speed have you ever played that game no it's uh, a yeah. semi-dexterity game but similar so you gotta be matching colors <laughs> they weren't allowed stuff. to play it at Dave's anymore because they smashed some <laughs> it's, it's up there Dutch Blitz is another one where yeah I played a lot of Dutch Blitz in university and I hate it <laughs> I'm not good at it. I'm not a dexterous person. <laughs> the thing about Dutch Blitz is you're starting to border into territory of games that are actually respected. <laughs> like back off. Of yeah, it. we got to get so away a little. Well, you have Click Clack Lumberjack. I've never oh, played that great before. Game. Uh, and this is going to tie in nicely, but tell us, describe Click Clack Lumberjack. It's a bit like a reverse Jenga where you don't get to use your hands. Instead, you use a little plastic axe. And there's like a, a, a long tree f- covered in bark and you're trying to tap it soft enough that you knock off the bark without actually knocking the tree down. Mm -hmm. And basically it's just stacks of pieces of plastic so it's a little bit precarious and the more things get knocked over the more goofy so do you, do you start at the base or do you like a tough guy and trying to screw over everyone else or do you go from the top and just you end up working your way around or are you required to take different areas of it based on cards or something to be honest i'm so bad at it that usually i take a couple whacks and i either do nothing or i knock the whole thing <laughs> over just, so you got to get the right swing going and yeah i just I, just I not a gentle person yeah. click clack jumberjack's not my forte so before we, because I want to talk about Rhino Hero because we need to shell this game a little oh, bit. Love it, but oh, Mark. What would you too. What would you say is your go to party game? My go to party game. I have a couple versions of Flux, which are. I mean, I like Flux because anyone can pick it up. Uh-huh. Like if, I'm not really a board game person for the most part. I mean, Joel and you have sort of converted me a bit. Um, <laughs> I just, every game we play, I'm like, I'm not gonna like this. And halfway through, I'm like, I'm winning. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's the key. So Flux is good. I have a copy of Cards Against Humanity, uh, yeah. but I feel like. After you play it a few times, it's just somebody gets finds the most offensive card and puts it out. That's the thing, yeah. Um, although, I remember the first time I played Cards Against Humanity with my parents. That was... My sister had brought it one Christmas, and that was just the worst idea in the world. Oh, way. man. Um, <clears throat> but even just Spoons. Like, Spoons is a great party game. If you've just got a bunch of people around, and you're having some drinks. Uh, I've still got a scar on my hand where Kale's mom scratched me during a game of Spoons, <laughs> trying to grab that. Uh, Fierce. It's nasty. Spoons is classic. I don't know if anyone listening, 
period, is listening, but uh, Spoons, it's the card game, isn't it, mostly? Yeah, you're best passing cards around, and you have to wait till you get four of a kind, and then you can grab the spoons that are on the center of the table. Yeah. Or you can just grab the spoons that's on the table and throw your cards down, and everyone else throws their cards down at the same time, <laughs> so you never know if people are actually have it. And once I figured that out, the game became a lot easier to win. Um, I'm a big fan of the fake-out, where you just immediately grab something, and then you make the, the feign, and then somebody else grabs it or faint. I mastered spoons because I realized that you never need you don't need to win. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. You don't need to be the guy that gets four. Yeah. You just need to be not last. Yeah. So all you do is you just pick up cards and pass them and you just watch the middle. Pro strats. Spoons. So Joel King's Cup. <laughs> um that's a drinking game, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Nobody wants to be last in King's Cup. <laughs> or do they? I I don't want to know the person who wants to lose King's Cup. Joel, tell us about Rhino Hero. Rhino Hero is great. It's adorable. It was nominated. I don't know if it won Kinderspiel DR, but it was definitely nominated for a bunch of awards. And it's just a cute little dexterity card-based game. So uh, half of the cards you'll fold in half. Ooh, scary. Mm. But uh, those make your walls, and you just kind of fold them in whatever design you see on the card below you. And then on top of it, you get to put a roof down. So everybody has a handful of roofs, and you just place it down. And on top of that is either some kind of effect or the shape of the next walls that the next person needs to build. So it's basically just um, a card-based Jenga. But the cute thing about it is there's this little rhino hero. Uh, He's a little piece of wood. And um, every time somebody plays a card with a rhino on top, you need to place the rhino on that card in the circle, which can be tricky. Super cute. Very light game in that anyone can pick up and figure out how to play it. Inexpensive, I believe. Uh, and it's part of the, you'll see, It's the only trouble is kind of differentiating it because it's part of the Hobo Yellow Box sort of series. And if you're if you're Joel and not careful, you, you might, might accidentally <laughs> buy a Bonanza. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> stay away. I love Bonanza. I see so that yellow box it. and I have flashbacks. <laughs> it's, just, it's a very ugly box, which is funny because uh, Karuba is published by the same company and managed to avoid the, the tacky. Well, I don't want to say tacky, but it, it looks like something you're, let's imagine, uh, unimaginative uh, European grandparent would bring you from overseas as a gift for Christmas. And you're looking, oh, thanks, Grandma. This game looks boring. But <laughs> Rhino here is actually really fun and cute. And I feel like once you're in the world of light party games, and I don't want to call it a party game, but lighter games, it, it sounds bad, but liquor just enhances the experience. Oh, yeah. it's, uh, I'm not endorsing drinking, folks, not at all. But, uh, if, but it sure helps. <laughs> yeah, but if, you're, if you happen to be having a, a beer and uh, somebody cracks open Rhino Hero, I think you're going to have a lot more fun with it than sitting there <laughs> stone cold trying to win this thing yeah. for points. So uh, Penalty, that wasn't right on the line. Yeah, exactly. Over the line. That's, that's all it is. <laughs> So it looks like it came out in 2011, but it was nominated. It looks like it too. In 2014, for Kindersh- Kinderspiel. So Jack, actually, Mark, you ask him. I'm asking what? What he's been playing? What have you been playing, Jack? Thank you, Mark. Uh, <laughs> so I have been. I just finished it actually last night because I've been taking a little bit of time with it, but I uh, got in a bit of time over the weekend. I finished the Dark Souls remaster. Yes. Dun dun dun. And the the verdict is. It is a cynical cash grab that made me very sad about the industry. Oh, it is the exact same game. 
uh, but with grosser looking lighting. Is you know, I didn't even notice the lighting too much uh, past a certain point. At the beginning, you notice it right away, mm-hmm. and but after that, I stopped. Maybe I just forgot or I didn't care anymore. But the they changed the bonfire look a bit. I didn't notice it again. Yeah. It is the only good thing about it is you have sixty frames per second. Uh, throughout the entire thing, including Blight Town, no drops anywhere. When the Drake does his bridge fire blast, not a single drop whatsoever. Comes with all the DLC already built in, but of course the previous PC release already did the same thing. Yeah. Which gets into the fact that if you already had a copy on the PC, which was the Prepare to Die edition, a goofy, stupid name, but that's what it was. Uh, there was a mod for it because when the game came out, it was borderline unplayable. So a guy. In the community, in the, in 24 hours, fixed the game that From and Bandai Namco published, borderline broken, and then the community ran with HD textures and the rest of that stuff and full unlocked frames per second. There's even a custom online community now because their online was so busted that it was faster for people to create their own little, I don't want to call it a walled garden of some sort, but their own community to avoid some of the disastrous lag issues. As far as this one goes, I didn't play online, so I can't speak to that stuff. And I think every glitch remains. I think backstab fishing is still insanely po- powerful. You can just chain backstab someone to death. Yep. Um, that if- happened to me last night, actually. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I've been playing as well. I'm a console peasant, unlike unlike you. Scum. Um, <laughs> where's the button? Yeah, where's the button? Um, but yeah, I've noticed that it plays like the that it's included the password mul- multiplayer yes, from three, yeah. which makes it a lot more fun. Because honestly. It's a lot as fun as it is to play online with strangers. Sometimes you and your friends just want to yeah, team yeah. up and fight some some giant monsters. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it is the same game. It is most certainly just a cash grab. Yeah. Uh, you're not going to get anything new. It, like I played the first one without any DLC, mm-hmm. uh, and I never ended up beating it because I wasn't good at it. Um, but never not having the DLC didn't really. I didn't really care. Um, and now, even with it being there, it's it's the same game. I made the same build that I made last time. I'm running around in a skirt and a sack over my head, wielding a giant sword, because that's a that's the Dark Souls. Build. Wait, which sword? Uh, the Zweihander. Oh, yeah. I get put lightning on it, so you stagger everybody. Lightning is busted in that game. I think. Yeah, because nothing's weak to it. Yeah, uh, nothing's strong against it. So. Yeah. It's the only thing that when the, when you see somebody speedrunning the game, it's a guy gets a his great club and he just applies the pine resin and just just yeah. chews through bosses. Hmm. Well, I saw you playing into the cottage and I thought it looked great it, as far as like a game's aesthetics goes. Oh no, it's it's a like the style of Dark Souls and Dark Souls Three are it's very very nice looking. Two, I felt that it was a different it was washed company that out. made it. Yeah. Um, well, same company, just the, the joke is the B team, because if you look at the actual people that are working on it, a lot of them didn't transfer over because mm-hmm. they were working Bloodborne simultaneously. Yeah, which was a great game um, that I also never beat. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the aesthetics of it is really cool. It's a nice to see sort of the, the Japanese take on European high fantasy, Yeah, um, where you, know, you meet NPCs and they're like 6,000 times larger than you are. Such a bizarre choice. Yeah. Um, but like all of the, it, the one thing with that is the the areas you're walking around and definitely you feel out of place. Mm-hmm. Right, you're you're very very small and you're running on the spot and it takes you five minutes just to run across a bridge. Mm-hmm. Um, but you you still feel in the world, right? And that's one of the main appeals I think for a lot of people, including myself, is that 
a the game just feels right from a mechanical standpoint of like it's the the combat it's the it's become a meme at this point but it's like oh dark souls so hard dark souls so hard no not really it's 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 challenging mm-hmm. but once you figure out its quirks yeah it's good like, it's yeah, like good, living yeah. in an old house <laughs> yeah. like you gotta kick the door in the right way to get it to close exactly once you know where to kick it you can close every door in the it's house. like do you are you trying to play this uh, where you don't know how to block or dodge or do anything then you're gonna have a bad time but that's yeah. that's you not playing the game properly but anyway the the, the world just feels r- cozy and that it feels like they built stuff mostly with gameplay in mind but also that it's what if people actually use this in the game or yeah. there, there's a purpose to this stuff there are obviously some quirks like sense fortress makes zero sense so don't don't overthink oh, that yeah one, with but... the swinging pen- pendulums of death like why would anyone ever live here <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a fortress it's nobody's getting through this well, I, I got there. How many yeah. times do you think you've played this, like, Dark Souls, modded, unmodded? How many times have you run through the whole game? On one, I've only played through it once. Two, okay. I've played through three times. Three, I've played through twice. So, hmm. But there's just something cozy, and I think Mark can speak to this as well, just, like, getting into it again. Like, I can't do them back-to-back, but no. you can come back, I think, after, like, a couple months or even a year or something, launching this game. And it's like riding a bike, and it, even though some parts kind of when you do them again, you're like, oh, yeah, I remember this part. This stinks. I yeah. hate this part. But it, most of it just feels good, and, and there's just enough a challenge, even at, when you've played enough times, to feel like you're actually doing something. And you feel good when, once you figure it out, right? Yeah. Like you, it's challenging, but once you figure out how to cheese it, you're just like, ah, all right, I'm smarter than you, video game. Yeah. Hmm. Even if you're not. <laughs> <laughs> well, then you can. There's lots of opportunity for cheese. You can, you can archer your way through the entire game and never take a single hit. Uh, I don't. Maybe bosses are going to be a bit of a trouble for mm-hmm. you, but there well, are plenty of ways around it. Well, the big thing with the community is that like people will play through it a few times and then just start doing challenge runs. Like, oh, what if you never level up? And yeah, soul level up? one yeah. and uh, or deprived run or just all this, the rest of this stuff. So. It, it's a neat game, and if you've never played it before, now's your chance, sort of, to do it. Um, I think the main appeal is for console owners who, unless you had... Uh, we're playing it on a 360, a 360 version of it on the backwards-compatible um, Xbox One. Um, you really had no option to go back to it. I've got my PS3 copy, but unless you want to <laughs> dust yeah. off the PS3. And there's uh, some PlayStation has some streaming service where you can play PlayStation 3 games, but you have to pay for it. And Sony already takes enough of my money. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! I think you and I have had the PS Plus conversation. Now. Yeah, that cold dead fingers will they'll ever get? Well, I did pay for Bloodborne DLC, which was almost more than the bloody game. Yeah. How did they get me? So anyway, that was uh, that's what I've just been. <clears throat> what I finished as far as that but some of us here participated in a bigger game recently oh yeah and we'll we'll let Mark uh, <laughs> Yo, you didn't like that I moved away from the mic when you brought this part up <laughs> we'll, we'll let Mike, Mark run away for a second uh, but Joel what were we up to on the weekend well aside from shenanigans we did mention last uh, time we were here live on a Thursday that um <laughs> this is live, folks. <clears throat> don't call in, though. Yeah, don't call. Um, tweet us, though. Um, but anyway, uh, that we read through the rules of Twilight Imperium 4. So if you were going to go meet up and read through the rules of a game, you better hope you went and <laughs> tried to play it at least. Uh, t- as things happen, you know, it, it took us a while to get uh, up in the cabin ready to go. Uh, but once we were there... Uh, Jack had set it all up because he came the day before, and we did get in probably, I would say... Half to two-thirds? 
least two thirds. I think there's probably one, maybe two rounds left. I think so as well. Yeah. So uh, I think we we definitely uh, learned the meat of the game, which yeah. is I think the goal. And so yes, we didn't finish, but uh, I think everybody was really satisfied, and the people who were skeptical at first are now converts and are really excited to play for real. And that's what I kind of walked away from feeling the happiest about was that two people, um, friends of the show, uh, Patrick and I don't, has Stefan been on the show? No. No, only on voice. I think we recorded after Mega Sim. So I'll say a potential friend of the show, Stefan, both walked away saying, okay, I want to play the full game. And Stefan repeated a couple times, saying, oh, I'm really liking this. I'm really liking this, which is a nice thing to hear. It's yeah. like some affirmation. And, and Stefan is a lot like Mark in, in that, I think he only plays because we coerce them into <laughs> playing, which is... That which is, is the reason I play most board games. Any, yeah, <laughs> any positive review is, a, is a welcome. Yeah, exactly. So, in, Joel, this is you've played the third edition more than I have. I think I only played it once. I didn't even finish it. I got basically knocked out of the game, and I was kind of frustrated. But yeah. what did you feel... Did you notice there was a difference, or did it feel different to you between the editions beyond yeah. just the uh, the look of it? So like you say, I've played it fairly regularly. Probably I would say like averaging once every three months or so. Wow, that's really good. Uh, we'll get back into a game. And usually it's the people at the boardroom putting mm-hmm. it on and I'll jump in and it's great. Um, there were a lot of things that were frustrating about Twilight Imperium 3. Uh, politics drags on forever. Yeah. Uh, everybody wants to argue about passing law or... Um, everybody wants to resolve their space combat before moving on to something else. Yeah. And I think Twilight Imperium 4, and I think we all agree on this, really cleaned up a lot of that slowness. And I, another thing that I mentioned to Jack is that uh, in the third version, really reasonably, aside from getting your secret uh, one, which was always really hard and, and barely doable... Uh, you were really limited to one victory point per round, mm-hmm. meaning that the game had to go 10 rounds. And if every round is 45 minutes, you're never going to finish. In yeah. six hours, you're going to go 10 hours minimum. Mm-hmm. Um, so in this case, the uh, Rodrigo's played twice, and he said both games ran less than six hours, like five hours. They've really um, gotten rid of a lot of the, the clutter. Uh, it takes at least two or three rounds before you even get into politics, which yeah. I think was a really smart choice. And, uh, yeah, runs a lot faster. Many, many, many more ways to get victory points, which mm-hmm. I like, because nobody really wants to sit there and get their one victory point around. And that's, uh, I think, the when you, quality of life sort of improvements that the game is fun, but is it uh, 10 hours worth of fun? I don't think so. And uh, I like the game. <laughs> it, it It's definitely a game, like, uh, advanced I'm engaged from beginning to end. Yeah. Twilight Imperium, usually the first six hours are fun. And six then it just kind of drags out. after that. And there are a couple things that you you touched on, the politics part. We should have put a timer. I forgot all about it because I was so distracted just getting set up and just getting <laughs> things Patrick going. Because Patrick was coming you and made you redo that vote. Oh, man, that was frustrating. But uh, beyond beyond <laughs> sort of like little things here and there, just like setting a hard timer like you're saying for politics and saying, okay, so we have two minutes to sort this out because the game even accounts for it. I'm pretty sure if nobody can agree on it, there was something. Yeah, just everything fails or something. Yeah. Um and there's also the fact that you're getting victory points. It's way easier to get them. You can have up to three secret objectives, both fulfilled and unfulfilled in front of you. Uh, you can get a victory point just being for the first person to sort of like stroll into Mechatol Rex with, yeah. your, with your votes. And just yeah, honestly, you could win a lot of games in the older version without ever going to Mechatol Rex. And yeah. now it's like 
bam, that is the spot. Because, Mark, if you don't know, uh, the object of the game is to get 10 victory points. The game ends. Um, and to, there's the planet right in the middle. They just put it there. Like, here's this big, beautiful planet, and it's really good. And everybody starts on the edge, and they work their way towards the middle, and then they fight over that planet. It's mm-hmm. basically the object of the game. Yeah. Um, like Stellaris. Not, not closer like Stellaris. Did you the only, the the only similarity Stellaris, yeah. is that they're in space. Yeah, they're in space. <laughs> and that was, I remember you trying to sell me on Twilight Imperium the, when you were playing 3. Like, yeah, you played that Stellaris game all the time. This is basically the same thing. And I watched the 45-minute rules explanation YouTube, and by yeah. the end of it, I'm like, mm, no. Which is the quickest and most simple explanation <laughs> exactly. I've and found in that 45 that. minutes. And I was like, well, if it takes 45 minutes just to understand the rules, yeah. this might not be the game for me. Like, I get annoyed at, by the end of a game of DC deck building. <laughs> <laughs> so do I, but for other reasons. <laughs> yeah, but I, I love that in this game, if you get Imperial, you get a victory point every round Yeah, if you're on Mechatol. So, so it's definitely kind of pushing people to be, uh, I think, more thematic into the object of the game, which is uh, Mechatol Rex is like this old planet that the Empire used to live on and then the Empire, you know, dissipated and now you're all these shards of the Empire yeah. trying to vie for control. Yeah. It's it's just like um, Isle of Sky, you know. The chieftain is dead. Who's yeah. going to be the chieftain? Yeah. Uh, what's that other one where you roll the dice for fighter dice uh, and you try to sail across the sea and kill monsters? Cyclades? No, I'm thinking of that one. Uh, oh, uh, uh, the Viking game, the yeah. Midgard. Champions of Midgard. Yeah. It, it's Twilight Imperium again. It, it's not for everyone, as you can tell. It's it's a long game. It's a complicated game. It's it's very pretty. The new edition is very nice, and the, there's so many races from the get go. It, it, I really like that, where you feel like there's genuinely some or genuinely some variety in these the way you should be playing the game too. It's not like everyone does the exact same thing uh, yeah. because because the game's pushing you in certain directions because of racial sort of talents. So like if you're playing human. They're all about tons of uh, fighter ships and carriers and stuff like that. And if you're playing, uh, like, the Barony of Letnev, they're all about, like, their dreadnoughts and being super strong in those sense. So you're everyone can do things the exact same if you want to, but it's at least trying to guide you specifically yeah, in a close direction. You should play direction. to your strengths. Play to your strengths, exactly. But it is, like I said, it's long, and if you have a group that can't handle backstabs and take people things personally, take things yeah. personally. Yeah. And it's tough. It's really tough when you're trying to be very optimistic and all of a sudden somebody's landing stuff on your planets and you're looking around you as things are falling apart. This it's- last <laughs> game especially because Jack and I usually thrive in long games on building good re- uh, diplomatic relationships. Yeah. This one we were really so up a bit against of conflict each other yeah. because there was this wall where I couldn't even get to Patrick and then... Uh, Which was good for both of you. Actually, uh, Stefan was saying on the ride home that he was right next to Mechatol Rex and he was about to take it. And you just had that one action card. You slipped it from under both of us, really. Which one? That one turn where you took Mechatol. Oh, the, with uh, the double special movement. action yeah, yeah. card. You got to move further. Yeah, that was nice. That was a <laughs> move. Yeah. It's a good move. So it's um, looking forward to getting a full play and maybe we'll trick Mark into playing it. I mean, I think I, I agreed to play it the first time and then made up some excuse as to why I couldn't. Um, I don't feel well. Oh, that's, that sounds like Mark. Um, <laughs> but hey, it's 2018. New year, new me. Um, it sounds really fun. Uh, I think the idea that it will... I think one of the more daunting things for me was the idea that it might run for 10 hours. And yeah. like, there's nothing I do other than sleeping that I'm willing to do. <laughs> Fair enough, yeah. We'll get him for the next game. On that note, we're going to take a musical break. Be back in a minute. Stay tuned.
Okay. Welcome back to CFRU 93.3 FM. What we just heard was... Uh, Ernest Goes to College by Baby Labor. Uh, off of their new, well, new to-be-released album, Full Legal Stop. Uh, there are a bunch of uh, Guelphites. Guelphies? Guelphites? I don't know what the preferred term is. Guelphites, I guess. Guelphites. Uh, <laughs> and they have their new album coming out. They've been around for a few years. They're doing their album release in later this month at the Handlebar in Toronto on June 23rd, uh, and I have uh, it on very good authority that they're going to be doing another one in Guelph in July. Venue TBD. Wow. Is there a way to purchase this album? Uh, not yet, we're really, but there will be. We're really just like the champions of the little guy here. Yeah, that's true. We're, we're all about supporting... Fresh and local. Yeah. Local, community, it's non-mainstream... Fresh. Uh, bands. I hope they become mainstream. I don't think you. I don't think math rock will ever go into the mainstream. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like, I like math God rock. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> wait, what does? What, before we go any further, define math rock. It's the, the the weird time signatures, the syncopation. It's a very like jazzy approach to mm. indie rock, I guess. Uh, or even then, the term indie rock is makes my skin crawl a little but <laughs> well because it's uh, been so diluted at this point that if somebody says oh you want to hear an indie rock song I go, no no yeah is it gonna be immigrant <laughs> heap or will it be like click 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 i don't know is that a band uh, yeah it's three exclamation points they're terrible 
Um, is, am I out of touch or is it the kids? No, no, it's the children who are wrong. <laughs> All right. Uh, moving on. Joel. Dubstep will never die. <laughs> Yeah, that was a weird. Yeah. Like dubstep wasn't that unknown. Just I don't an think. Obsession I, well, I think that the big part of it was that they're like, all right, well, let's talk about a genre that everybody like is cool with ripping on now. <laughs> yeah, but then when he said like, oh, now everyone's gonna go Google dubstep. It's like, really? Everyone Doesn't... knows what dubstep yeah. is. No one cares. And, anyway, Joel. Uh, speaking of uh, things leaking, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah great, great segue. Wow. Uh, well, E three is coming up, and we'll probably talk What's about it next E3? way. What's E three? E3 is a gaming convention, so all the big developers come. Electronic Entertainment Expo. Yeah. Wow, you guys actually know what it stands for. It's amazing. Probably a minority. Nerds! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. Uh, No, I mean, it's uh, it's pretty much the big thing. Um, Second only to BlizzCon. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I think the Tokyo Game Show is the the, the second biggest one, but depending on where you are, the, yeah. maybe it's the biggest. Yeah, Europe? there's one in Europe too, yeah. but I can't remember the name of it. Eurovision. Yeah, Eurovision is the best so video just, game. Just convention. to clarify, we're we're not talking about any board games. There's no uh, these are video Feast games. Two getting released here. <gasps> um, video games, and uh, I guess what <laughs> what Jack was so subtly referencing is that a bunch of them kind of you know accidentally probably not because they're getting hyped up um got leaked so here's a few of them um does anybody care that there's a new assassin's creed anymore no there's an assassin's creed every year so Odyssey. odyssey they're going to greece uh the sort of they've released an official video now where Surprise, surprise, it's a Spartan kicking a Persian off of yeah. a cliff. Because that's all, that's all of Greek history, just, that's it. <laughs> Spartans, Spartans Persians, this is E3. Uh, <laughs> Battle Royale's coming to the Switch. Well, Wait, what's the name of it? Fortnite, Fortnite sorry. Fortnite, oh, Fortnite. okay. Yeah, so Fortnite, I mean, it's going to be on every console. Is that a leak, or is that... I don't know. Probably these. Is, probably it, is it a leak start. if no one cares? Yeah. These all, it, from what <laughs> it's I've read, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If a tree falls in the forest, does anybody care? Um, does I think care? these all kind of started as leaks. Like I think uh, Walmart accidentally posted yeah. somebody, some employee yeah. at Walmart would post like a list of twenty games that are being pre-ordered to the place, and then usually the company ends up coming out and just saying, "Yeah, it's true. We're releasing it." Rage two. Another um, game no no one I can think of asked for. Yeah, yawn. Yeah, some Pokemon games. Overcooked 2, maybe the biggest uh, news. Everybody Did you play loves Overcooked? Overcooked. No. Oh, Overcooked's so good. <laughs> I played five minutes, ten minutes. Um, Did anybody Gears of War? Because Gears of War 5 is coming They're out. They're making yet another Gears of War. Yeah, I'm wow. sorry it's only on five, to be honest. Just Cause 4. Okay, that one I'm legitimately excited <laughs> for. If you've never played a Just Cause video game, it is really fun for the first like hour or two, and then it's the same thing over mm-hmm. and over again. But you just blow stuff up, yeah, and you get like a wingsuit and an infinite parachute. It's a sandbox where you blow stuff up. Everything. Yeah, it's a and very, very, for doing it. very silly game. Yeah. <laughs> well, I like this one because I really enjoyed the old Splinter, Splinter Cells. And I just want to show you guys the photo because Sam, this is like getting borderline geriatric here. Where Sam Fisher? Oh, it's old Snake. Looks, old snake. yeah, <laughs> it looks a lot like Snake actually. But uh, Sam Fisher, the main character of Splinter Cell series, uh, there's a photo of him, and it looks like he's maybe in his mid seventies, <laughs> going around. I'm assuming silently, <laughs> just the sound of his back cracking. Yeah, yeah, he's got to be careful. Uh, and then Devil May Cry 5 would be the last one. So they keep on milking these 
We've actually we're gonna have a man on the ground for E3, which is something I'm actually really excited for. As opposed to the other stuff, I pretend to be excited for, and I'm not. Yeah, because and we do want to know what's the deal with uh, Fallout 76. What's the deal? Yeah, what is the deal with Fallout 76? What is Bethesda up to? We used to like you and respect you. Um, let's not go too far. Some of us used to like you and respect you. Okay, because I I think I mentioned when we were briefly talking before the show started, the Fallout like the the big rumor is that 76 is going to be an online game. And when Bethesda bought the Fallout uh, intellectual property when Black Isles closed, that was sort of what the entire, the grognards of the Fallout universe were like, oh, they're going to make it an MMO, it's going to be subscription-based, yada, yada, yada. And I guess Todd Howard got tired of re-releasing Skyrim and (laughs) said, let's make another MMO. Well, Mark, you and I played the hell out of uh, Fallout 4. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Jack, not so much. He's he's a New Vegas guy. Uh, I liked New Vegas, too. I... Didn't really like the series moving away from California. I felt like that was part of the the appeal, was that cool idea of, like, the California and the Wild West. New Vegas had that. Fallout 4 was a lot of fun the first time I played through it. And then as I tried, I tried to do, like, a very different playthrough and then realized that it was a lot like Skyrim where you can do anything, which means nothing matters. Yeah, and you kind of, once you've played it three times, you realize that... You know, all roads lead to Rome. Yeah, and you pop in. To, to, <laughs> That's better New Vegas reference yeah. then. <laughs> uh, you pop in to like play, you know, pop, hammer out a few quests, and you get one of your like settlement quests, and then you end up just building that settlement up for four hours. And <laughs> yeah, it's easy to get. Just I didn't. I like. I loved the idea of building a settlement, and then I realized that it was all pointless and never got you anywhere. And the, yeah, like the way I, the best way I heard it described cool. in one of the reviews I remember reading was like because it, you don't have to do it. There's no reason to do it, so you get nothing for doing. Which is all, well, yeah. what would you rather have that they force you to do this obviously half baked idea, or that it was, yeah, I guess it's, it's optional. Nice that it's optional, yeah. yeah. But once you spend you know two hours gathering copper, and then you realize <laughs> that you how long did you spend? <laughs> He's giving me a look. <laughs> <laughs> or I remember trying to find a screw in that game. Yeah, yeah like, finding it, screws oh or like adhesive was Which, just. It could be funny, but it's at the end of the day, you're just. <laughs> And the other thing, too, was that, like, it's supposed to be the end of the world. Things are supposed to be scarce. Yeah. And, like, oh, you have to find screws and stuff. I'm like, there's a bunch of buildings around. Let's rip out the yeah, wood yeah. and pull the nails. Like, <laughs> like I'm going to go uh, Mike Holmes on this place. I do like that Fallout and all their different games kind of give you a tour of the U.S. So this one, the song in the teaser trailer is Country Road. Yeah. Which, West Virginia. Which hmm. is not an, uh, an area they've done. They hadn't yeah. even remember it ever being mentioned. Because I know one and, like, one and two are both in uh, California. One's, first one's in Southern California. The second one's in Northern California, and then Fallout Tactics took you all over the U.S., but mm-hmm. it's sort of like the... What the is that? Redheaded. It was after <laughs> Black... I think it was right before Black Isle shut down. They, like, let another company make a Fallout game, and it's this, like, tactical shooter. Bizarre game. It's fun, but the the current version does not do well on uh, modern hardware and crashes. Uh, I actually reinstalled it over last summer. It's probably closer to Jagged Alliance. Than yeah, it's a lot like Jagged Alliance or, like, uh, kind of like XCOM without sort of the difficulty. Hmm. But it's, it's very much like, hey, guys, remember Fallout? Um, which I went, yeah, okay, and I paid the 50 bucks. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) Oh, man. And there's Baston? No, first we got to go to Nevada. Yeah, Nevada for... uh, Washington. Yeah, three was in Washington, D.C., and then New Vegas was uh, New Vegas. And then uh, four is Boston. Boston. Um, So going down to Virginia, maybe? Going down to Virginia. But this is all speculation, and the part I want to point out is that they are accepting pre-orders for a game nobody 
knows so nobody knows actually anything knows about it. Yeah, all, all that's officially been released is that little teaser video of like the vault. And you can you can slap down your hard-earned dollar dues right now for 76 something. Seventy-six bucks. Well, probably. I do believe we mentioned Star Citizen earlier. And if you're willing <laughs> to put money into a, a video game that literally does not exist, <laughs> a pyramid scheme. That's all. It is. Anyway. Um, I'll, I just before we move off E three, like I said, we're gonna have a guy down there. We're gonna get some some. I don't know if it'll be Cor- live live, but we're gonna get some correspondence there, um, and hopefully that they announce officially the Resident Evil two remake full details. I think it's gonna rumor has it, it's gonna be in the Resident Evil seven engine uh, over the shoulder still. As long as it looks good, I'll be happy. As long as it plays good, I'll be even happier. But um, and. We're going to see Death Stranding official gameplay, uh, finally, as long as Kojima doesn't pull the old trickaroo on us one more time. But Bamboozled. Bamboozling me. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Kojima is going to walk out and be like, Death Stranding is now actually a burger chain. <laughs> and Norman Reedus and Mads Mikkelsen will just be sitting there eating burgers. <laughs> you <could> purchase. <laughs> I'd buy the burger. I know, I would buy it too. <laughs> what, if it, what if they made a theme park? A theme park? A death, yeah. I don't know if I would go to that thing theme, theme park. <laughs> I could maybe see myself going to a Metal Gear themed theme park, but not... Here's your cardboard box. <laughs> yeah, here's your cardboard yeah. box. Make it to the other end without dying. All right, so we don't have too much time left, but Mark is a very special person for many reasons, one of which Thank is you. that he is also our resident dungeon master. That's true. Uh, even though Joel has at times been our resident dungeon master as well, but right now Mark is. <laughs> I was thinking about that, actually. And I was thinking about... Because I know that you've <clears throat> we're actually in the world of Dungeons and Dragons, which is an official kind of map. And how I when I made mine, I made one that was like closely resembling Moron, which is like a real city in D and D. But I just kind of borrowed from it, and then I think the game itself was also closely maybe resembling Dungeons and Dragons, yeah. but really wasn't at all. Well, that's the best way to do it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's one of the big things. Like we're doing a pre-made adventure. There we so go. So if yeah. you're not a Dungeons and Dragons person, there's sort of basically two ways you can approach it: either the dungeon master is the person who runs the game, and then you have your players who are the the characters who fight the monsters and do the quests. And you can either build your own, the dungeon master guide lays out our, here's how to build a city here's the how to make a quest interesting here's mm-hmm. how to design uh encounters that are interesting but we're doing storm king's thunder um which is sort of a pre-made adventure by uh by wizards of the coast uh the 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 giant king of the giants has gone missing and uh at that point all the giants are sort of vying for power to take over the world and uh it's up to uh our little friends and our adventurers <laughs> to to stop them uh or they can help the giants too if they really want to although i don't really see that happening uh, um <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it's nice having that. I think, Jack, you mentioned the last time you talked about D&D on the show, having that world behind you. Yeah. Uh, and for me, like, I grew up playing Baldur's Gate and Icewind Dale and Neverwinter Nights, and that's the same. It's Forgotten Realms, that uh, that whole mythos behind is, it. Sorry, is Forgotten Realms, like, a, a story world? Yeah, so it's a setting in Dungeons & Dragons, and it was sort of an offshoot in 3rd edition, which is, uh, came out in the late 90s, early 2000s. So they built Baldur's Gate and all of that, and there's the the Dritzt books uh, yeah, yeah. by R.A. Salvatore. Um, and then in 5, they just realized that that was the most interesting world they had. Like, you had <laughs> Eberron and Dragonlance and a bunch of other worlds that never really were as popular as the Forgotten Realms adventures, so they just sort of went all in and said, all right, we'll build one really fleshed out world to have. So um, 
it being a Wizards of the Coast game, uh, I think we talked about this in our in our Dungeons and Dragons chat. Um, in order t- for me to do the next town that everyone's planning on going to, very likely I have to drop another fifty dollars to buy hey, another book DLC. <laughs> um, so you get the main adventure uh, with Storm King's Thunder, and then it'll have a list of locations you can go to. Uh, and it's like for more information, purchase the Sword Coast Adventures Guide. And I have no intention of doing so. Uh, but that's, I mean, what I said. So we're going to use our imagination. So we, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're going to use our imagination. We just won't go there. Yeah, or the basically the dungeon master can just make up um, whatever they want. Um, but I'd like to have uh, the biggest challenge I find, and Joel, you probably ran into this too when you ran a game, uh, was you run into players that don't do what you're expecting them to do. Yeah, uh, you give yeah. them a quest to do, and they're like, ah, I don't want to do that. Let's just go to Waterdeep. And you're just like... <laughs> <laughs> All right, need to find out a reason for you not to make it there. <laughs> Which is one thing I liked about Storm King's Thunder is it does have a little contingency boxes at if the end of every then. chapter. <laughs> yeah, if your players do this, then, uh, like what uh, happened the last time they were... Uh, they met a friendly cloud giant named Zephyros, um, who talked like this. Um, <laughs> he was Mark Twain. From yeah, he was Mark, Zero, Mark Star Twain. Trek episode. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and he offered them a ride to wherever they wanted, and they wanted to go to Waterdeep. And the next encounter that I had prepared was not in Waterdeep, so he got confused. Oh and no! Then his tower broke, and he couldn't take them anywhere else. Uh, and that was all written into <laughs> the book. They're like, if your players want to go anywhere else, say no, and just take them so to the next. With, plot without point. getting too inside baseball here. Where were we supposed to go? Uh, Goldenfields, where you ended up. So oh, you, went, okay. you went to the town of Goldenfields and defended it from a hill giant attack. And that it sort of, we're at the point, there's tiers of adventuring, essentially. So we've killed our first giant. Yeah, you killed five giants, if I remember yep, correctly. The hill giants. Um, and they were not anywhere near as much of a threat as I thought they would be. Uh, and that's another thing Joel and I were sort of talking about before the show, is that a lot of, as it gets to a point where either the players are so powerful that you just start not caring about what they roll. She's like, yeah, sure, you hit. Well, I didn't even tell you what I rolled. It doesn't matter. You hit. Oh, man. Um, you or you get the, to the, yeah, they were going up against goblins at level five. And goblins yeah. have seven hit points. And Joel, without rolling his dice, does eight damage. Yeah. Um, plus whatever he rolls. Yeah. So there's no point in us actually fighting the goblins at this point. So it, is that like a flaw in the book? Or is it like, what's what's happened here then? Part of it, I think, is that it's designed for four to six adventurers. And we have six adventurers. So we're on the top end. And you have, you, you, we've got our two, like three, I guess, melee tanks. We've got Joel, our fighter, um, Jack, the amazingly well role played barbarian. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and our, our dwarven cleric, who are all up front soaking up the damage. And then we've got a bunch of spellcasters in the back who only took damage spells. Yeah, um, cannons. So, and that's the thing. I remember the first night we played, our warlock decided that he would walk out in front of the party and try to shoot some goblins, and he missed. And then the goblins got a turn, and he died. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's the same in every. I mean, you got to know how to be a wizard, but every. I'm not not even just D and D, but every RPG you think about, Dragon Age, Might and Magic, going all the way back to Baldur's Gate, like you were saying, like the video game, wizards are always just amazing. Yep. Because you you can't resist it as as a designer of a game, and you're going through and you're. Okay, this guy can do magic. I can make him do this. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I wonder how much damage that should do. And then he's just like, "How about a ton?" Yeah. Uh, and then it's always countered out, like you say, by them being these um, little soft pillows that will die in one hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you're smart enough, yeah. And I think that's happen. another thing that the challenge that comes with the, being a dun- dungeon master um, 
which, I mean, the challenge is part of the fun, right? But um, part of it is like, all right, will this encounter wipe everybody? Yeah. Like, um, we haven't had it happen, but you can have a, a total party wipe where just everybody in the party dies and the adventure ends. So is that, does the book account for this or is it? Uh... Yeah, you, the adventure ends. No. <laughs> you just, um, the giant, the, the evil giants. You did your win. best. Uh, you did your best, and your best wasn't good enough. Um, but it's again, that doesn't sound fun for me. No. And that's one of the things that I think is most important because I've played with very, very rules based dungeon masters before. Who's yeah. like, no, you can't do that because the rules say that you have to. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. But really, if it sounds cool, let them roll a dice and see if it happens. Well, there you go. Um, yeah. And it's, especially with with Jack here um, and some of his ideas that he has. That I'm gonna jump in the air and bounce up, kick off of this ogre and then slam this goblin into the ground. Alright, roll a dice. Let's see if you do it. Oh, you rolled a 20. Yeah, sure you do it. Yeah, oh, you're <laughs> Athletics incredible. And I didn't know that you could uh, you got an advance or advantage on attacks if you'd climbed a, a big monster. Yeah. If you're standing on the back of a giant, you get you get a better chance I to hit it. I would have thought it would be kind head. of tricky because I'd probably 